I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. I sit on the Iron Throne of Opens. When you play the game of intros, you either win or you die. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm Handsome Drew, joined by Drew Allen and Kyle Cox, and tonight we are talking about House of the Dragon Episode 6, or as I like to call it, House of the Dragon Season 2, because this is a brand new show. <laughs> it is, it so is an good. entirely new show. They have recasted it, and in fact, the directors talked about it at the end of the show where they said it felt like a second pilot, which has got to be yeah. so weird as a staff as a creative staff you know as an executive producer whatever that means to feel like you have to (laughs) sell a show again um because it's a brand new cast it's a brand new story we time jumped 10 years and a lot has changed but also as things change so often they still remain the same the king is not dead Despite all odds, he's still there and wild. just barely kicking because, I mean, he's lost an arm, he's lost all his hair, he looks not great, but he is still, you know, ruling with a limp fist and <laughs> doing his best, letting his wife and daughter kind of uh, run, run the key. You said limp fist, he's missing an arm. He's lost an extremity, yeah. and that was shocking to me. I was like, oh, his arm looks weird. And then the next thing I was like, no, no, it's gone. He's lost but, it. Uh, he's, he's still playing with his uh, you know, models or whatever in his room. Sure. Is, that, is it grayscale? Is that mm-hmm. what he's got? Yeah, for sure. Do we know how he got grayscale? Cut himself on the iron throne. That just gives you grayscale? No, but he got it that way. Is that just what you assume? Or is yeah. this from the book? I I think he got like an infection from cutting himself on the Iron Throne. Okay, yeah, and that gave him grayscale. And they were like, you yeah. know what? Because he lost a finger or two at some point, and then they were doing the leech thing, and now his arm is just gone. Uh, yeah. That was the fifth most shocking thing about this episode, I think, was that his arm was just gone. And with sure. no explanation, two of those well, other four most shocking things... Where that Renera and Alicent are completely different people. And yep. that was, uh, you know, whatever. So the episode opens with Renera giving birth to her third son? Fourth? Yep. Third son. Yeah. Third son. Let's get more birthing scenes. That's just good TV. It makes me happy. Well, it feels like a, a, a very big parallel to the first episode, right? Yep. And, and so it's a nice nod to be like, hey, this is still what happens in this show, in this universe. And as we yeah. started season one with this, so also we will start season two. I will continue to call it season two. I want you to know. <laughs> well, I would like to tell I you. feel like the correct thing to do then would to not have a birthing scene in episode one. And that's just how I would run Game of Thrones. You know, if you have to call back to it later and parallel it, don't put it there in the first place. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I have seen, I have witnessed a birth live and in person, and I don't know if either of you two have. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you haven't, because I'm the only mm-hmm. dad on the pod. Um, and I would say that the like 20 seconds you get of the birth scene in this episode might be worse than the actual thing, because the sound effects are so. Like, right, and it, like there's a bunch of squishy sounds and stuff. And it's like, I didn't need that. You didn't need all that. Because I didn't hear all that when I was there in person in real life. Uh, yeah. Which just made it yeah. more real. Uh, but yeah, I was going to bring it up. That was, this is kind of her, she's a woman now. And her mom, this is kind of the first time we met her mom when she was going through the birthing deal too. And she's um, fighting her battles, uh, you know, in the birthing chamber, like her, yep. like her mom said. Yeah. But she is doing it with a... She's fighting those battles with a spy behind enemy lines. Because 
all of those kids look like somebody else. They noticeably do not have the bleach white hair of either the Targaryens or the Valerians. Mm. So, I, so obviously, Renera was a different actress, and Alicent was a different actress. Picked up on that what? real easily. Didn't need anybody to be like, oh, Princess Renera. Like, I, that was fine. But they could have held our hand a little bit more with, uh, oh, freaking, what's his name? Breakbones. Because when Breakbones was in there, like, being like, can I hold the child of obviously your husband uh, and not yeah. me? I was like, oh, they recast Sir Christian Cole, too. How, well, I feel like they didn't need to do that because he kind of looked older, anyways. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they recast Kristen Cole. And then you see Kristen Cole later fighting that guy. And I was like, oh no, I missed something. I, you know, whereas in yeah. the in the wedding episode, they really held your hand. They're like, oh, she's wearing Hightower the green. green. They're in battle. This, You know what that means. This episode, they're like, hey, we got all different people. Hope you figure out who's who. And I was like, well, <laughs> all right. Well, we, maybe you could have helped me a little bit here now on this. Um, so I was shocked. I was shocked when that was Breakbones and not Kristen Cole. Well, what's funny about that is that Kristen Cole and Sir Harwin Breakbones are the same actors from the previous episode. I know, but he was in new armor. How am I? Sp- I couldn't see his hair. <laughs> the only way you know who anyone is on Game of Thrones is you see the color of their hair and you piece things together. And now he's wearing different stuff. And it's like, oh, well, he's also kind of got dark hair. Probably the same. I don't know. So, man, that really threw me. The whole first 30 minutes or so, I was like, wait, who, how, who is this? What are we doing? So, Drew, I'm really glad that you know these things because I would really like to ask you some questions as we go further along. Perfect. The last episode, there were no boys. There there was one boy. He was two. And now in this episode, there's like seven of them. And they're all running around. And they're yeah. they're preteens, and they're they're causing a bunch of trouble. Um, the dragon egg hatching um, yeah. that seems to be a point of contention. And can you yes. can you unpack the importance of that from the books? So every Targaryen is given a, a dragon egg in the cradle, and it's supposed to be like a you know bonding of this will be your dragon kind of a thing. And as they have gotten further away from Old Valeria and, you know, less and less dragons uh, are and the hatchlings, they're getting less and less um, productive, I guess. Like they're hatch, like they're laying eggs and they're not hatching. Uh, and you hear uh, Damon's wife say it at one point um, that she's consoling her daughter and says, like, you know, like 50 percent of them don't even hatch. Yeah. Right. And it's a big deal, but it, it's a sign of you're a Targaryen if you have a dragon. You know, yeah. that's what everybody associates with it. So when you're one of, you know, six kids or whatever that don't have a dragon, you feel very less than. And kids are the worst that humanity has to offer as far as <laughs> being mean to one another. Oh, they have like in general. (laughs) They have they have no concept of like empathy. They're just like, oh, I know that this hurts you, so I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it loud, and I don't care who knows. And I'm gonna put wings on a pig and get your hopes up and cart it out to you. Um, So yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, meanness going on there. But yeah, uh, when. Uh, forget which one it is. Uh, Aemon doesn't have a uh, dragon that's gonna it's gonna really bother him for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think meanness between the children never fun. I hate to see it. It's not fun. Not Until you're the youngest child. Fun, yeah. However, meanness from Kristen Cole to the kids. to watch him him be so hurt and upset that he got passed over by uh, Rhaenyra for Sir Hightower and that he's just being a punk about it and taking it out on the kids 
I thought was really strong. To break bones, right? <laughs> yeah, sir. S- strong. Oh. Strong. Strong. From the break bones. He's break bones strong. Um, before we get to that, which I think is interesting to unpack, I the huge power play from Alicent uh, of, hey, I just birthed this child. It's been in my arms for no more than 10 seconds. It's quote-unquote father has just come to see it. And then, hey, the queen wants to see your baby. It's like, well, right? You know? <laughs> like, even my parents had to wait outside for an hour and a half before they met their grandchild. Like, you know, the the the, the queen couldn't have waited a day. Um, that was a big... And I think that was to show you, like, not only are they no longer friends, they are now, like, pitted against each other. And yeah. the queen wanted to see the kid to see if... It had if it looked anything like the supposed father, um, yeah, and is, didn't even give the decency of like I'll come to you under the guise oh, of yeah. like oh I hope you're doing okay let me oh, get yeah. a peek at that baby. She was like she sent a servant to be like basically go steal that kid and bring it to me. Bring right it now. to me, yeah. And then the oh the cold blooded line to the the would be king of maybe one day you'll have one that looks like you. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, that was tough. Oh, I don't like her. I don't like her at all. She's she's not playing the game very well. She doesn't have anybody on her side, and it seems like because she's just not that likable of a person. Oh, she doesn't have anyone on her side. Hmm? Okay, we'll get to hmm. it. We'll get to it. But she has that line. Is there nobody in she, this place that will fight for she's me? She's the passive-aggressive person who's been in the passive-aggressive role for 15 years and is fed up with being passive-aggressive. And now it's right. all coming, like, bubbling to the surface in this episode. But she she was so nice for so long, she didn't learn how to be me. Sure. She didn't learn how to... Like, Cersei can cut you down without batting an eye, but nobody else will know. You know, she'll, she'll do it in a... You know, she was the greatest at it. She played the game so well. But Allison is straight up, no, you come to me, let me look at your kid, not yours, huh? And then, yeah. you know, it's at Viserys for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Just, she was not very likable this episode, I agree with you. Oh. She catches her son, uh, you know, really taking in the, the cityscape. <laughs> you? And, taking in the uh, you know, with all of him, and... He was out there painting like one of his French girls, and oh my she God. didn't bat an <laughs> eye at it. And she then like proceeds to berate him about like, "Grow up, you are the enemy." He's like, "Oh, I just won't challenge her for the kingdom then." And he, she's like, "No, you're an idiot. Like, we are doing this, and just your existence is a threat." Also, yeah. her daughter is playing with a like a centipede or whatever, and she just is so uninterested. Yeah, it's like, "Ah, oh, that's great, daughter." Also. Side note, her daughter says at one point, like, he's going to have to close an eye for it. Uh, that'll come up later. That'll be important later. Put a put a pin in that one. Wait, unpack that for me. Uh, well, you know how they talk about how the Targaryens sometimes have, like, dreams and visions and can kind of, like, see the future and stuff? Uh, she's going to have, like, some stuff like that. So uh, when, the, when the son comes in and complains, you know, they're being mean to me or whatever, and then, like, off to the side... She just says something like he's gonna have to close an eye to get like what he wants. Um, oh. That's gonna come up later. Oh, okay. I wish you hadn't. I wish you hadn't said that. But then I wish more that I hadn't asked you to unpack that. Um, yeah. yeah, that that's tough. Um, okay, so can we, talk, can we talk about Sir Cole? Yeah, yeah. So Cole? I kind of thought in that in the wedding episode that I I thought that Sir Breakbones was a pretty cool character because. He just needed the knowing nod from his dad. And he's like, okay, I'm about to go, you know, fix this. And he goes and knocks people out, picks up the the, the Princess Renera and, you know, takes her off. And I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always for the big, strong character. I, I enjoy those. And then seeing them pit him pit against Sir Cole in the training area where Aegon and... What is Renera's first kid's name? Uh, is it Luke? There's Luke and Jace. I can't remember which one is which. Oh, okay. Well, whichever one's not Joffrey. 
the oldest one from Rhaenyra that is obviously not the Valerian's uh, son um, are fighting and uh, and Sir Cole is being a total D-bag and ends up when <laughs> when Breakbones is like is this what you teach? You know, no honor or being uh, nah, I can't remember what he says. Unfair by Yeah, basically like, oh, being a D-bag is what you think is cool? Like, that's not awesome. And Cole goes, Interesting you take so much, you know, interest in this. One would only think of that uh, for a cousin or maybe a brother or a son. And it's like, oh, shoot. And when Break Bones is being held back, and he's like, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> I was like, I am no longer Team Damon. I am now Team Break Bones. Let's go. That is my guy. Anybody who's being held back is like, say it again, or and I will mess you up. Like, I'm for that guy. And that really came back to bite me in the behind yeah. later on in this episode. Yeah. Um, but for the time, I was like, yes, yes, break bones. Defend your honor and defend your children more more so. That was a great scene. Very, yes, and that was a very cathartic moment to you know, have somebody actually punch somebody who's accusing him of something. But that does come bite to bite him in the tuchus mm -hmm. later when he has to be sent out of the kingdom and his father has to try to step down. And that's another scene where Allison is just not playing the game well. The so Mr. Breakbones, what's it what's the dad's name? Uh Sir Lionel Strong. Lionel Strong walks in and says, I've got to, you know, forfeit my mm -hmm. right hand. I can't do it. But unbiased anymore. Now, since, well, you can't do that. Or Viserys says you can't do that. He's like, no, I have to. Now, since, well, say why. Tell, tell everybody, tell, say it out loud why you can't do it. And it's like, come Yeah, on. she's not being very sly. She's being very, like, upfront no. about it. Which kind of makes sense because she sees the writing on the wall. The king's about to die. We need to get the successor, like, we need to get this nailed down yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, you can feel that's a great point. You can definitely feel her unease knowing that the king's not long for this mm. world. But I just, I just kept thinking if Otto was here, man, he would have handled this way better. Talking, have... talking about her feeling her unease, uh, I think that this episode does a really great job of highlighting the tension that has been building for the last ten years, and just very subtle vignettes uh of these little scenes right that scene in the yard uh sir harwin punching sir cole felt cathartic right and we've yeah. only seen these two characters interact for like 15 seconds so the <laughs> fact that so the fact that we felt that anger and rage that's been building for 10 years in that small segment i think speaks to the brilliance of the show uh, the same thing with the interaction of all the kids in the dragon pit. You, you can tell there's like a, oh, we're kind of family. We're kind of friends. We kind of know that there's something weird going on here, but we're kind of like ignore it anyway. Like they do a good job of, of highlighting all of that. Uh, I also love the scene where they meet with the small council and you can see like the king doesn't super know what's going on. The princess and the queen are like, backbiting yeah. back and forth all the time the maester's so old he like doesn't know what's going on he, they're like no we've moved on like Shh. <laughs> yeah and the lannister's down at the end just being like oh my god can we please like i'm the only person here he and he and lionel strong are like we're the only people that are like trying to get some stuff done right i think we should jump over to damon for a minute we haven't mentioned him yet, but what did y'all think about the progression of Damon? This was a really cool bit for Damon, this this episode, because the way I interpreted his scene with... Where, where are they at, Drew? Pentos, I think. Okay, so nowhere important. That I, okay. Um, so they're, they're guests in this homeland that seems to be just using them for their dragons, is what I was picking up on. And they were like, hey, you can stay here for forever. And Damon's like, yeah, let's do that. And this is showing you that like Damon is now kind of at peace. He is he knows he's not the heir. He doesn't want to be the heir. Like he no longer is pursuing the throne. And his wife, uh, is it Lena? 
Yeah, Lena. Yeah, Lena. His wife Lena is like, we're meant for more than this. We're meant for more than being guests at a home. Like we only like we've got three daughters, I think, and she's pregnant. She's like, this is not what we were. We were not meant to be guests in a home being used for our dragons. And Damon's like, I like it here. Like there's everything's fine. We're we're taken care of. And do you get that really good scene? Uh, a, a tough scene where same thing that happened in episode one. Uh, Damon's got a choice for his wife. They say, you know, do you want us to try to save the kid or do you want to like, you know, just kind of let it play out? And he doesn't answer. I don't think. Um, but the next thing you see is Lena walking in front of the dragon and saying Dracaris because she wants to die oh. the death of a oh, dragon rider. Um, I thought that was a really great, um, I hate to use juxtaposition again, but that's just <laughs> just the word that comes to mind. Yes. Between, it, it's weird because Viserys, who is at a fault, non-confrontational and will not make decisions, in the moment when he had to either save his child or save his wife, he said, save the kid. And, you know, that was just it. And it didn't end up working out for him. Damon is presented with the same obstacle, and he doesn't make a choice. Or he asks... Yeah, he asks, will the mom survive it? Will the mother survive it? And the guy goes, mm-mm. But then he doesn't answer. You could see he's, like, wrestling with, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah. But then they pan over to the empty bed. Which, like, if if you had told me, hey, this is the profile for Viserys, this is the profile for Damon, which one of these is going to say, absolutely kill my wife and, and let the baby uh, live? <laughs> it would be flipped. Um, so I, I think that was maybe maybe the writers and maybe the storytellers of the show trying to maybe redeem Damon a little bit that he didn't say, no, yeah, kill her. Let's see what the kid looks like. Um, it might be a boy, you know, because all he's got is girls at this point in time, I believe, uh, yeah. which as a girl dad, nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting that they let, they let that kind of be somewhat obtuse in that Damon didn't say, oh, for sure. Let's see what the kids got to say about it. And he, he let, he let Lena decide for herself what her fate was going to be. Yeah. And he let her have the death of the dragon rider. I know Drew has one thing to say on this, but I have one quick comment. Uh, how does she get out of that room? Sure. Without yeah. anybody <laughs> noticing. Like, yeah. I don't know what it's like to be pregnant and especially what it's like to be in the middle of birth on a, on a hard birth at that. But I feel like someone's going to notice you leaving and be like, hey, <laughs> sure. baby, don't do that. I, and she, he looks over and is like, what? Out. Where is she? Oh, no. No. They, they chose not to... Like the doctor said, I can't do anything else for this baby. It's not coming out, and she's gonna die of blood loss. And so I think that they're just like, okay, she's gonna die. So she just walks out. Nobody's gonna try to stop her. And Damon's just following behind, like, Lena. We there's nothing we can do, you know, kind of at a loss. That's how my read on that part. But Kyle, to add some juxtaposition to your take, my feeling on Damon this episode is that he felt very neutered, like. He lost the fight for the throne, and he's given up. Yeah, that was my read on him. Sure, this it was not that he's going off and enjoying his spoils of dragonhood. He left with his tail tucked beneath his between his legs, and he's found you know a place where he could have all of the things that anybody could want. But Lena, who is a badass, I know. Please bleep that out, but. <laughs> There's no other word for her. She is incredible this episode. She is a great wife, like trying, knows her husband is upset and not happy with their situation and knows he's acting out of some type of weakness and is like, this, you are so much more than this and has the strength to tell him to his face, hey, you're better than this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it does feel like Damon's going through like his. Westerosi midlife crisis where instead sure, of buying yeah. a sports car he's like I'm gonna go to the free cities and I'm just gonna stay here forever I'm never going home and she's yeah. like no listen you know we have to go home right like this is his like, no, I love it here and she's like you're reading books about Targaryen old leader and he's like no I've never wanted to be king I'll just stay here and ride my dragon and it's like listen get off your freaking motorcycle you're not buying that lake house come back home <laughs> Be with your family. This is as Simba meets Timon and Pumbaa. 
he was off eating eating bugs and uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. getting away from his responsibility. Um, I really like that Crawford uh, comparing that to a midlife crisis. That's great. Um, I and I in I'm assuming this is what's going to light the fire for him. Of I I I know my purpose now. It's to get back into the game of thrones if you will i write i, I write Belena. i i'm sad to see her go r.i.p you and i both picked people who didn't make it out of this episode which is really tough <laughs> really tough um this I, season two did seem a lot more games of thronesy than season one of house of the dragon <laughs> it, i love it we're just that... deeming this season two <laughs> yeah we just accept it <laughs> Hot D2 is uh, <laughs> way more different families going on. Like, we had one major family in season one, and now those have grown up into their own families and sections and splintered off. And it does feel like there's a lot more different parties with their own agency vying mm-hmm. for the throne. Where the first time it was like, who is Viserys going to choose? He's got all of the power, and we're, the whole story just sticks with his family. But now that he's on the way out, um, it, we, I really felt more from the Game of Thrones, that, that feeling of there's a lot of people up in the air right now and they could land anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I think uh, an interesting moment that they decided and like strategically put into this show when Alicent was talking about the the joke that was played on their kid um, with the pig, and she was like, "It must have been Raina's kids, Rhaenyra's kids, that put them up to this." Yeah. And he was like, "Are you sure it wasn't our Aegon? Because that kind of sounds like what our Aegon would do." <laughs> and that gives you kind of so. Number one, he was right. I think, I think it is that is what happened, right? Uh, Aegon denies it, but. It's never made clear. Yeah, he, he was, says he says, "Oh no, it was it was Luke and Jace's idea. I just went along with it." But, but it is implied that like he was in on the joke. I believe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. So I think that gives you, like that that gives you that interesting kind of parallel. But he is blind to what his daughter is obviously doing, um, with with the Kingsguard, but also he kind of sees through the BS of his grandkids. And I think that is like super, uh, like that's that's just like being a parent. Like so many so many parents will you know go to the grave swearing their kid never did a wrong thing, um, but also be wise enough to be like I kind of see through the BS of everybody else. And I thought that was a really nice um, little play because Allison is on two fronts here. She's fighting the battle of your daughter is not who you think she is. And then also the front of your grandkid is being mistreated. And he's like, well, like, is the grandkid being mistreated? What, is it by, like, our own grandkid? Um, I thought that was a really smart scene. And it also shows kind of how unhinged Alicent is. Because she's also blind to what her child is doing. And it just kind of shows you as, right. like, a parent, you're always going to be kind of blind yeah. to your kid's um, failings. That's a great point. It's a great point. I also love that when uh, Rhaenyra offers a marriage between her kid and Allison's kid, the key or Viserys is like, "Hey, that's a pretty good deal." Yeah, <laughs> Viserys, get over it, dude. You're not getting your house back together. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, "And we'll even throw in a dragon egg." And he's like, "Hey, who can turn down a dragon egg?" <laughs> a dragon egg? Yeah, you had me at marriage, but dragon egg, I'm in now. Um, I thought. This oh man, this show is so good. It's so good. Um, and those little moments that they 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 put in specifically to kind of bring it back to reality for you, even though we're talking about a kingdom and dragons and grayscale ah, and stuff, ah, ah, like it always ah. comes back to the heart of it is like family and the inter the interconnection between people. Do we want to move on to the young strong brother? Yes, oh, Laris. Oh. Okay, now now we're talking strong brothers, and I'm mad uh, because I had just been like, oh, so in on Sir Breakbones, love this guy, fired up for him, 
And then the freaking clubfoot, who, mind you guys, a week ago yesterday, I was like, I don't care for clubfoot. I think I said, I'm wary of clubfoot and I don't care for him. And you may quote me on that. And here we are. I hate clubfoot. I want him to die the, the Game of Thrones worst death you can die, which at this point, I don't know what that would be. But when he was meeting in the little little room, secret room with Allison, I was like, uh-oh, this is not good. This is, I thought that Riss Efans, however the heck you say his name, Otto Hightower, I thought he was the little finger of this show, and I was wrong. Yeah. And I'm okay with yeah. being wrong, but I hate that I was wrong on this, because Clubfoot is Littlefinger, and mm-hmm. I do not like Clubfoot. And I, I know his name, and I still won't say it, because he made me <laughs> mad. Because I had just been like, oh yeah, love Sir Breakbones. And he's like, oh, you liked him? I'm going to kill him. And beyond that, I'm going to kill his dad, who I also really liked. And by the way, is also his dad. He killed his brother and his dad just to get closer to the throne. And like part of me's got to respect that about him. But the uh, other part of me uh, really uh, wants him to die in a super bad way. Right. I just know it won't. It'll take six to seven seasons for that to play out. But will it? Because we're killing off people left and right here that I thought were going to be important. So maybe right. not. I love that to Drew's point from earlier that Allison doesn't know how to play the Game of Thrones. That she said, I wish my dad was here, basically. And Laris is like, yeah. oh, great. I'll go kill a bunch of people to make that happen so that you'll owe me a favor. Not even just a yeah. bunch of people. I'll kill my brother and my father yeah. and we'll make that happen. But but I'll do it in like a sneaky way where like I'll get some guys off death row and pull their tongues out so they can't talk about what, what I did. Right? And now he basically yeah, made his own yeah. silent brother a hitman squad. And... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that is some that is some messed up. Like he didn't just come up with that idea. He wasn't like, oh, I wonder how I'm going to get away with this. He clearly yeah. was like, I've got a great plan for like a an attack squad in my back mm. pocket, just waiting on the queen to give me any kind of excuse to get this thing going. Mm. And yeah, and he it, did it just so he could come back to the queen and be like, you owe me now. And she's like, I didn't want this. And he's like, but you owe me now. <laughs> but I did it, and yeah. you know me. Yeah. yeah, and I know that you wanted it, and you confided in me. It's like the guy like, who like is on the street and like washes your car for you, and he's like, "You know, owe me ten dollars." Like I didn't, I didn't ask for that. You're like, yeah. "Well, I did it, so right. you owe me ten dollars." <laughs> I think it was interesting. It, it it did seem like he cared at all that he killed his brother. Like I don't think he mentioned his brother at one one time in the conversation. He just ended up dying. Or, like, he planned to kill him. But his father, he does ask. So my father didn't end up owning up to what was happening. Did y'all, did y'all catch uh, that? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Does, do y'all feel like he decided in that moment, oh, okay, my dad's backing my brother. I'm going to kill him too. No, huh. I, I think that he truly just thought, oh, I don't need to kill my dad, you know. I think he is a sociopath and was ready to do whatever he needed Obviously, to do to yes. advance his own uh, political standing. And he knew to do that, he had to get rid of his dad. And so he knew his dad's motivations and his uh, self-righteous sense of honor. You know, like he said, it was a millstone around his neck or something to that effect. Um, yeah. And so he was like, oh, if I can attack his honor, he will resign of his own accord. And then he'll, he'll take himself out of the game. And I don't mm. have to do anything else about it. When he didn't fess up to it, because Allison right. didn't play right. the game well, because uh-huh. he's over there, he's clearly feeding Allison, like, this is what you need to do. Sure. And she's like, okay, can you write it down for me? I'll say it exactly like that. <laughs> with no other subtlety. And when that doesn't plan doesn't work, he has to go to more drastic measures to make sure that his dad is removed from mm. the situation. Because there's no coming back. Oh, I'm upset yeah. now. Ugh. Oh, I, I'm so I think, upset. I think his brother was collateral damage. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I assumed his brother was the target, and he was going to let his dad live, but his dad didn't own up to it. But no, that I guess that makes no, sense. No, I think his dad was locked in the room, can't escape, the fire's going to get him. 
I think the brother saw the fire happening and was like, I got to go save my dad. Ugh. And then dies trying to break down the door to save Which, his dad. Speaking of that, I don't... Th- when I was watching it real time, I did not realize that the dad, the hand, also died. I I thought this was yep. an attack against the brother. And when they show you that shot of the skeleton smoldering the next day, I was like, oh, well, that's Breakbones, who I just swore my loyalty to. So that's <laughs> tough. And then in the, in the uh, you know, after the episode talk, the director's like, yeah, and he killed his dad and his brother. And I was like... Whoa, what? <laughs> I didn't realize the dad also died in that deal. And now I feel better knowing that the hand was not a nefarious person and he was doing all these things with good intentions. But that just also makes him a new Ned Stark. And and he's dead now. Which, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? If you're a good person, you die. You yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah. And you just got to be lucky enough that the Red Witch brings you back to life so that you can yep. continue on for a couple more seasons. Um, uh, Drew Allen, that's a reference to episode uh, season five of Game of Thrones when Jon Snow gets brought back to life. Um, Is that when does she birth him out of the darkness cloud into the night? To no. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's as, as right. someone who doesn't like birthing scenes, you're bringing up a lot of them. Well, they stick with me because I can never forget them. And this show's given me eight and five. <laughs> Drew uh, Crawford, uh, Drew Crawford, um, Crawford, supposedly handsome Drew, uh, <laughs> Drew with the mustache. Call Drew, me by my name. You told me the in the the in like in the future of this show. Just pay attention when the breakbone, bro- when the strong when the brothers strongs. are around. So that tells me, and, and then in the next episode, one of them is dead. So that tells me that you did not foresee that happening, which you knew that was going to happen. That tells me you didn't think that would happen this quickly. I thought we'd get some more character development about them, but it's their lineage that is really important. So... Okay. Larry, yeah. So, the that the scene in the yard basically becomes a very uh, it, that's going to lay the foundation for like what the rest of the season, what season two is going to be about. Uh, okay. About the kids. Now that they've recasted and jumped ten years, sure. it's going to be about the older generation that uh, you know we saw them as kids grow up and vie for the the Game of Thrones, and now the new generation and how they're going to train them and okay. how they're going to fight for it. Because that made, when, when he was dead at the end of this episode, I was like, I feel like Crawford would have warned me to not get attached to Sir Breakbones. I'll never do that. I want you to know, I'll never warn you about a death. You're the unreliable narrator, which I appreciate about you. Because, okay, so because I wanted to see if this was taking a deviation from the book. Or if they're just jumping real far ahead in time. Because apparently, I got this from Twitter, so I don't know how true this is. In the book, Rainey's Targaryen, in the book she had black hair as her mother was a Baratheon. And if in this show she had had black hair, it would make more, it would at least make a little bit more sense why Rhaenyra's kids might have black hair. Like, oh, like... Could, you know, skip a generation. Yeah, like it's in your family line somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they didn't do that, it, it just, it makes it more prevalent. They're like, oh, these kids are obviously not of the Valyrian descent. Um, so I was, I, that, that, that brought up the question of, are they deviating way far away from the source material? Or are these time jumps just coming at us at a quicker rate than we would have thought. Well, I don't think they're deviating too far from it. I, there's some of the details that I can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't reread it in a while, but the the main thing to me is that I was hoping because the book itself is written from the perspective of taking four source documents and then writing them as like a combined history later on. A lot of it there's not a ton of detail about. It's just more implied. Like, oh, and then Renera had three sons with dark hair, and also 
the Strongs had dark hair, and they were seen together a lot, and so sure. rumors was, like abounded. And so the implication in the story is like, this is what happened. But it's never exactly stated, and it's also leaves room for interpretation that I was hoping the show would dive into and explore a little bit more of that story. And And I was hoping they would deviate from the source material. I was hoping we'd get to see a little bit of the interaction between Sir Harwin and Rhaenyra and see a little bit of that courting and how they met and maybe how that the love tryst like happened and how they, you know, their arrangement happened. And we didn't get to see any of that, which I'm not entirely mad at. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool stuff coming up. But it was just little things like that that I was hoping for that the show would say, we're going to take creative license with this, that the book was trying to say, we're going to be very historically accurate uh, and let your imagination fill in the details. I was hoping the show would actually fill in some details. Okay. But they didn't. Okay. So, um, and so this episode ends with Renera basically being like, I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. And we're going to go back to Valeria. Uh, and she had a good one-liner where she used uh, her husband's line against him where a sailor knows to when when it's time to get around the storm or storm. whatever. Um, goose and duck and stuff, you know, whatever. And she's like, Sail- take your goose Clear skies and squalls. Yeah. Um, so, so this episode ends, it leaves us with Damon, who is now wifeless, and maybe has like rekindled his like desire to be who who he wants to be. Uh, it, with Renera and her fake husband, and th- uh, the father of her children now dead, uh, in a different land in um, Dragonstone, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And with her three boys and Alicent, still in King's Landing with a dying king. And her multiple children, so they've they've given us at least three points of conflict of people that could be vying for the Iron Throne once it becomes available. And what a cool spot to be in! And I think are there nine episodes of this season? Have they said? I think it's nine. There's eleven. Boy, okay. Well, I I need to rethink my source material here. Okay, so there's 11 episodes in this season, uh, and we're at the six. So yeah, we're a little bit, a little bit past halfway, and they've they've split up our main characters now, and now we absolutely know these people don't like each other, and the king's gonna die soon, and like the conflict is on the horizon. So, can you tell me anything? that I can be looking forward to for next. I didn't even watch the preview for next week because these are just messing with my head now. So I, <laughs> I skipped past that and I went straight to what the, what the uh, behind the, the scene stuff was. So can you kind of give us just like a, a brief little tease of what we might be seeing next? And for the love of God, will someone kill Clubfoot? <laughs> um, I think... I don't know exactly what we're going to see in the next episode specifically, but I know that here very shortly, because we only have five episodes left, uh, you're about to see the kids grow up. And there's going to be a lot more emphasis put on them and their interactions with who their uh, hmm. parents are fighting for power and how they're going to support that and how they're going to get involved in that fight for power as well. Uh, the dragons are going to be much more prevalent. Um, I'm I'm yes. hoping. Yeah. Uh, the CGI on that big dragon too that kills Lena, that was mm-hmm. really cool. That looked so good. Yeah. So Vagar uh, Ve- is now, at some point, gets to be the size of Balerion the Black Dread, uh, which is that giant skull that's down in mm-hmm. the basement. Uh, and I don't know if he's currently there or if he will get there, but he's about to... He's also very important. The dragons in general become very important now as uh, all these Targaryens and Targaryen-adjacent family members are going to start <laughs> vying for power. And the way you show your power as a Targaryen is your dragons. And so they're going to start using them a lot. 
and they're going to be awesome. Oh, cool. I love that your thing is uh, both Targaryen adjacent and Christmas adjacent. I love that those are your two adjacents that you yes. will stick to at all times. Yeah. Um, but I would like to ask, and I think that this would be fun as we go it, throughout the rest of season two, um, asking the host of this podcast who, to use a, a Game of Thrones term, who are you going to be bannermen to? Pick your older generation person and pick your younger generation of like the, the nine or ten kids or whatever. Pick who you want to be your liege lord and who are you going to bend the knee to. And we'll see how our, uh, our banners keep going every week. I was so Team Damon for so long. And then that one line from Breakbones, I saw him for two scenes. And I was like, I love this guy. And then he's dead. So I kind of feel like I'm, I'm torn here. Part of me wants to see Damon because it would just be mass chaos. But uh, part of me really would like to see Sir Breakbones' kids. Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll come to that later. Sir Breakbones' kids. I'm Team Renera. And, but the show wants me to be Team Renera, which makes me know it's not uh, going to work out. You want to know how you shouldn't be Team Renera? Let me give you the path to sure. not being Team Renera. Well, one, I'm going to go choose Team Damon. Not because I like Damon. I haven't really been a big fan of Damon this whole season. But Lena won me over immediately. She was cool huh. in the previous episode, but she was... I can't describe her without being bleeped out, but she was really, really cool in this episode. <laughs> And I, I, I read online that in the book, she doesn't set herself on fire via dragon breath, which is incredibly cool. But it said that she was trying to make it to Vagar mm -hmm. for one last ride and never did, which is super sad and, and still a really cool way to go out, I think. Oh, cool. Like she was on her way to ride a dragon. But this way <laughs> is a lot more cinematic. Um, and you could tell Vagar didn't want to, didn't want to do yeah. that. It was so sad. Ugh. But uh, so I'll go Team Damon for the older people. But Aemon is that Aegon's little brother? Yes, Aemon? that's that's the younger one that doesn't have a dragon. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on his team for the young people. So I guess <laughs> that puts me on Allison's for the lineage, anyways. Um, but yeah, he was picked on. I didn't appreciate that. He ran into the dragon pit, which shows he's kind of got a little bit of fearlessness in him. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't get him into trouble too early on. Uh, but huh. uh, we didn't really get to see him, you know, how he interacts. I don't know his personality super well, but the fact that he fought with his brother also to take on Sir Cole shows that he's kind of a fighter. So I think he's my my pick if I have to choose from the litter of future kings. Uh, I, I feel weird picking because I know stuff, but uh, for, <laughs> for older generation, I'm going to actually go with... Uh, the Lannisters and only because <laughs> they're really wow they're not super important and they're not they're not the Lannisters of you know Game of Thrones uh seasons they're they're older Lannisters but uh I like that in the small council he's like I'm literally the only one trying to like get stuff done here and I'm sure. like hey good for you man keep doing your job <laughs> keep trying yeah uh you just you just try real hard and maybe some good stuff will happen for you so I'm, I'm Bannerman for Team Lannister I would I can't remember. Did I say Damon or did I say Renera? I think I ended up saying Renera. You said, well, you said the show wants you to pick Renera, which makes you not want to pick Renera. I don't think we got a final answer out of you. I'm still, I, I said an episode ago, I'm Team Damon forever, so I'll stick with Team Damon. Um, but I, I would like to make a prediction. We saw, we saw Sir Cole and Renera have sweet, sweet time together. And we saw we saw the maester bring her what I have dubbed abortion tea and have not backed down from that statement. We did not see her take that tea. And now we have a time jump 10 years later where we're just supposed to assume that these kids are Sir Breakbones kids. Not so fast, HBO Max. I don't buy your BS. So my prediction, there will be a moment when Christian, when Kristen Cole, Sir Cole, has got a, a big moment where he's about to take down Renera, whether physically by stabbing her or politically by ruining her in front of people, whatever. And she's going to be like, 
the oldest kid, he's yours. And it's going to be a like wow. mind-blown moment. And now oh. if that doesn't happen, either A, someone needs to hire me to write for the next season of Game <laughs> of Thrones, House of Dragon, or B, I'm, I'm just Team Damon and everybody else can go screw themselves. So I don't know which way I want to uh, end up on this. And then uh, who are you picking for the, for the kids? I think Damon has old daughters, so I have to go with the dragon. <laughs> oh, oh, you're you're sticking. Uh, you can you can split loyalties to the young no. ones if you want. No, I already said it so confidently an episode ago that I'm Team Damon till the end. So I'm okay. I'm gonna stick with it. The the show wants me to be Team Renera, which just makes me know that that's gonna end poorly for me. So I am Team Damon till the end, uh, until Robert Brother Baratheon. All right, and then uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Princess Helena. Targaryen. That's Allison's daughter that plays with bugs. Uh, <laughs> Did you just have just, to Google search her name to make sure that you got it right? Uh, no, I did, I did check the IMDb though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am going to go with she who plays with bugs and <laughs> hope that it... <laughs> I hope nothing but the best for her. I hope nothing bad happens to Does her. Does it ever make you mad that the god of, the fa- of no faces never made a payoff? Oh, wow, yeah. I know, I know who that is. Anywho, <laughs> if you, like me, didn't catch Kyle's last comment, maybe go watch all eight seasons of Game of Thrones and then seasons one and two of House of the Dragon and catch up to where we are, or just listen to our podcast every week. We'll be bringing you House of the Dragon content, She-Hulk content, and anything else we're watching to let you know what you should or should not watch. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. Crawford, you were wrong. I've read like 17 different articles about who the prince that was promised is supposed to be. And no one agrees. Sure. I feel like like you owe me a fight to the death now. (laughs) First of all, I would never on principle. Secondly, (laughs) trial trial by combat. Choose your fighter. Which one of us will not be burned by fire? Uh, Secondly, it's Jon Snow and I'll stand by that. I understand... There are different interpretations, and it's like a biblical prophecy where it's like it can have a today meaning, it can have a Jesus meaning, and it can also have a future, like end of times meaning. I understand. I'm going what with John What seminary Snow. did you go to? 